Welcome to On the Digital Soapbox with Soapbox J. I'm your host, Soapbox J. Mo Soapbox, Mo Problems. Yeah. I'm on the solo today, just doing some uh, on my video game shit, like I said I was going to be on. And um, I wanted to talk about the uh, state of play that just passed recently and the uh, Nintendo Pokemon 25th anniversary, some of the stuff that they announced there. But before I get into that, I wanted to talk about this game that just released last week called uh, Curse of the Dead Gods. Um, the reason why I'm doing a review for this is I feel this game does deserve some recognition. It does some really cool things. And um, I've been playing it for the past week. I, I have at least 10 hours into the game. While I haven't finished the game to completion to tell you how I feel about it right now, I can pretty much tell you what you're getting into and if it's worth the 17 bucks that it's costing right now. And I think it goes down back to $20 next week if it's worth that much. So um, if you don't know, I'm a big roguelikes lights fan. Roguelites or roguelites, whatever you want to call them. I'm a fan of those types of games. They offer a lot of replayability. A lot of indie game developers use that as the crutch to uh, for their fun loop, their gameplay loop. And it's it's just something I've, I've recently gotten into. I think with the release of Dead Cells, um, being one of the bigger ones. I was a big fan of uh, The Binding of Isaac as well. But I think with those games, seeing how they kind of got their hooks in me, I really gravitate towards this genre a lot more lately. And um, not because, uh, you know, I, I, feel, I, I just feel that they offer the best bang for your buck. And I like to support indie developers as well. But I'm also a big fan of roguelikes because they don't essentially play the same. Uh, people might have some issues with them. If you don't know what a roguelike is, it's a, it's a procedurally generated, procedurally generated levels, and you work your way through. The, it it features permadeath with slight enhancements. The more that you play, slight power ups and stuff like that. Um, whether it be uh, just different drops that didn't happen before, the gameplay is is hardly ever the same game. You never play the same game twice. So that's why I gravitate to these games. They usually don't take too long. You're talking maybe an hour, an hour and a half. It works really well for my life right now with a one-year-old daughter. And yeah, so that's pretty much it. So this game, Curse of the Dead Gods, it's a roguelike, roguelite, whatever, a dungeon or in this case, temple crawler. It seems to be like a combination of Hades-style combat with uh, darkest dungeons, darkest dungeons elements, visuals, and the sanity mechanics. In this case, not sanity, more being curses this time around. It's also a stamina based. You have like these stamina plips that are under your character. You have a certain amount of stamina points basically that you can use during the combat, and everything everything will cost stamina. Your attacks, whether they be light attacks, hard attacks. You're dodging, you're parrying, everything takes stamina. So it becomes a strategic use of uh, the mechanics involved, but in mo including mobility. And um, the first time I played it, I went into it expecting it to be a lot like Hades. And I died real quickly. <laughs> I died really quickly. I was curious why I wasn't able to attack that often. So yeah, you're, you again, attacks cost stamina. Um, you know, to, to dodge 
cost stamina to roll, cost stamina to parry, cost stamina. There's ways you can work around it, but you got to pay attention to how many times you can attack in succession. Um, so it adds a level of a uh, strategy to it and uh, management. And on top of that, like with, with with the inclusion of the stamina meter, it's it's a very Souls-like battle system where you have to manage your stamina plips and in that in that case be meters but in this one it be it's the little indicators you have five of them under your character that show you how often you can do it they they actually do recover quite fast but you just can't keep attacking or rolling in succession you need to give it a second for them to start regenerating so it's not like you're waiting forever for this to you know so you can attack again no no usually you you roll you evade for a minute and within like two seconds two three seconds everything's back so you're ready to attack again um, another thing it takes from uh, Darkest Dungeons, well, it not takes, but one of the things that kind of reminded me of Darkest Dungeons is um, the torch, the torch mechanics, um, where you can, you know, the more you see, uh, the the less damage you take, but the if you're in the dark, the better chances for criticals you have, so it's a high risk, high reward situation, how you want to handle it. You have to be able to see though, because there's a lot of traps, and uh, the traps are dangerous, man. They they will fuck you up. Uh, so that it's, and you don't have to you don't have to equip the torch every single time and buy a new one. You just start with it, and there's no way you could take it off. I mean, there are things that could uh, hurt you as far as light goes. We'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, another thing, yeah, this this is another thing that kind of reminded me of Darkest Dungeons was the uh, curse meter. Um, so on the bottom of the uh, right hand, the right side of the screen, there is a meter that measures uh, your curse, how much you're cursed. When that bar hits a hundred, you become actively cursed, and these curses could be a number of different things. There's no reason to rhyme behind how it works. Some of them can be as simple as, uh, you know, weapons costing more money for this run, to hallucinations that are actually real. So they're not hallucinations. Some of the hallucinations are real. Some of them are not. Some of the enemies spawn more enemies. Uh, your torch can get corrupted and deal a black light, which makes you take more damage, but you deal more critical damage. It's a real interesting system the way it works. I, I do I do like it. But you have to be careful because these curses don't necessarily uh, they they could be they could be minor or they could be major. Now, if you get cursed five times within a run your life starts to deplete until it hits one hp and that's it and 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 then you know like even with with health um with items that give you health back your life is still going to start to decrease back to, down to one as long as you have five curses it's pretty much game over at that point um i did it well i got that happened to me one time and um i was so close to the end of it of that of that temple man and it was it is a thing. So you remove curses by beating bosses. And the further you get, the more bosses you will fight during a run. So that will help you manage it a little bit. Like, okay, if you get it to that one boss with one curse, you could cure it. Some um, Also, like, uh, you can, um, for weapons and, and uh, artifacts, you can give them to the gods if you never equip them. You could offer to the gods. And they'll, offering it to them will give you money. It might give you health. It might actually remove a curse in some cases. So that's also really good that 
prolongs the game a bit. So uh, each run unlocks different uh, weapons, perks, and different attributes between each run. It's not that big of it's. Uh, if you played any roguelike, you're familiar with the system. So, again, we're getting into the importance of planning attacks and evasions. You have to learn the patterns of these enemies. Um, if you attack too much, you will get punished. If you use too much stamina, you will get punished. If you don't react properly to being punished, you will get punished. Again, it's a really interesting high-risk, high-reward system, as I said before, but it feels great. The thing that's different from this in Hades is... In this game, you have to commit to moves and mobility options. You have to commit to them because uh, they there is a slight delay. Like I want to say like a half a second delay. Some weapons have heft to it. So you have to be careful on how, you know, how much you swing them around and keep an eye on your uh, stamina. You don't want to use every single clip of stamina if you know you're not going to take all the enemies down. You want to leave yourself some to evade. Again, this 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 game is just very strategic for for a real time. Uh, I don't even know action action title. I guess action roguelike. This game has its looks in me. I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm about ten hours in. About four temples under my belt. I have another. How many do I have? I have another five more to go. But um, don't think for a second that I'm just breezing through this game. The first three temples. Where it's kind of an introduction, the the mid tier of temples you have to actually fight a mid boss and then the main boss. I'm being told when you get to the highest tier, you have to fight three bosses all the way through. So you know level progression is important. Um, it definitely has that feel of that you know when you're playing the game and you lose, it's like just one more run, which is a good indication that the roguelike is working. That it's doing what it should be doing at that point. Uh, there's not much of a story, for better or for worse. Um, I don't mind games not having a deep, intricate story. Uh, I understand with how Hades handled it. There's The story is phenomenal. And uh, I think uh, Dead Cells did a nice, light-handed way of keeping the story interesting to people. Through different... Uh, through, through just different plays you'll get different cues to uh story elements so the more you played it the, the better idea you got of what was actually going on but there's not really a story for this character we don't know why he's there besides riches and untold fortunes and stuff like that i really don't care too much about that though it's we we don't really need it it's it's fine it's fine i mean if you're the type of person that needs a storyline then i guess you could list that under the cons department <laughs> you know what i'm saying but so I'm going to get into some of my cons. Um, there's not a lot, but there's a, there's a couple things I do want to talk about. Uh, some of the weapons feel a little samey, very familiar. Uh, you would think that throwing knives and throwing axes would feel different, but they don't. Um, the maces and the swords don't feel too different, except for, you know, maybe an extra hit at the end or a harder hit at the end. Uh, it wasn't much too big of a deal to me, to be honest. I, I was fine with it. The, the level of variety is still pretty damn good. Maybe with time, they'll add more elements to it. Maybe with time, they'll make they'll make these different weapons feel a little more different. Um, I'm not really upset with that whole situation. 
another part is uh the the level parts if you played roguelikes we've all gone to go gone through it and seen you know parts of the map that reminded us of it we, we've been there before we've seen them use the same parts earlier um they do repeat rather frequently to be fair it doesn't hurt the experience at all because this is about the combat and it's it's about you know how how uh, fluid you are working with the curses and the set of weapons you had i i didn't have an issue with it you know where i had a i had a slight issue with with um neon abyss in the very beginning when it was a little repetitious this didn't hurt me i was okay with this actually uh it's it's the game's awesome in my opinion um is it dethroning some of the top tier rogue lights rogue lights unfortunately not in this state now i will say that this game is awesome but it is it, it is a solid system with solid mechanics and once it's get it gets its hooks into you you are you are you're invested um but it's not reinventing the wheel necessarily but let's stop acting like every single game needs to reinvent the wheel what it does it does effectively and I'm having a great time with it, and I have to tear myself away from it maybe tonight because I want to talk about the uh, Project Triangle strategy game next weekend, and uh, I want to get a little bit of that under my belt. I really want to play this, though. I still have not played that uh, other Octopath Traveler strategy game, so you want me to give it a number rating? All right, uh, for my podcast, I will go with the four out of five, the five out of five system. With this one being, I would say it's a, it's a four out of five soapboxes. I'll say uh, I really enjoyed this. I'm continuing to enjoy this. I will complete all the temples eventually. This game has its hooks in me. I would easily recommend this to anybody who's into roguelites. Roguelites, not expecting a genre-defining, uh, I'm sorry, a genre-shifting game. It's fun. It is a good game. It is a solid game. We don't need <laughs> the wheel reinvented every single time. So, and I would easily place this. I would mention this in my personal top 25 favorite roguelites. I think that it is definitely in there, and um. I plan on actually in 2022, I know there's a lot of big roguelikes coming out and I want to spend some more time with some of the, the lesser, the ones that I haven't played a lot that are, are being talked about. I, I want to compile a list eventually of my 25 favorite roguelites, roguelites. Uh, and yeah, that's going to be coming in the future though. But, um, all right. On to more new. The game's good. It's only, again, only $17 right now. I played it on a Nintendo switch. I had no issue with it in portable mode. It the battery life works quite well with that game. It is a dark game um, because of it's the mechanics with the torch, so it's easy on the battery. I was able to play it three hours undocked. The uh, resolution is fine. It, it is a, a constant. Uh, it is. I can't tell the difference between playing it on my TV or playing it on a uh, handheld. So and, and I didn't notice any any significant frame drops. At all, Doctor Undocked. The game performs very well, so don't hesitate at all. I, if, if, if you're into roguelikes, this is a no-brainer. So moving on, let's talk about the state of play. The uh, Sony video that released this weekend, this week, I'm sorry. 
Uh, I'm going to go through some of the stuff that they talked about and, you know, give my opinion about some of the stuff. And you want me? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, somebody wants me. I, I was told by a person who listens to the podcast to uh, give a number rating for stuff because people like number ratings. Uh, sure. I'll do that. All right. Uh, the state of play start. Well, we'll, we'll get into the rating I gave it a little later after I'm done talking about this. Uh, so the state of the play, it started with uh, Crash 4, It's About Time, coming to the PS5. Uh, that's cool. It's it's a good game. It is a good game. Uh, it, I've played it on the PlayStation 4. And uh, there there is a level of atmosphere that the game does have. So, yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer. And it's if, if you bought it for PlayStation 4, it, it's going to come to PlayStation 5 for free, if I'm not mistaken. The game runs as 60 frames per second in 4K with ray tracing and all the bells and whistles. It probably looks great. So, moving on. I mean, it's really not much to get into. It's just the same game with prettier graphics. So, the game already looks great, but I guess you can make it look better. This is uh, something that really had my attention, man. <laughs> Excuse me. I got so excited. I'm choking on my own spit here. Um, Returnal looks fantastic holy shit man i you know they've been hinting at this game here and there and it always had my attention from the get even when we talked about it on um otaku american uh, when uh the playstation 5 was announced i was like yeah they had this game called the returnal and this game this game i i've it's been on my radar for a minute and um not only does it look great they kind of confirmed it is a it is a roguelike it is a triple a roguelike and the story looks, oh man, I, I want to play this game. It looks like a third person Doom with a with roguelike elements and a really fleshed out story. And I was watching this and I was like, oh man, please say this is coming out for the PlayStation 4 too. Please say this is, it's not coming out for the PlayStation 4. It's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Looking at the gameplay, I can kind of understand why. There's a lot going on on screen. Uh, you know, it just comes down to like, it's really hard to find one of these machines right now. So, I mean, hopefully, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, down the line, I do definitely want to get that, that game. And I definitely, I, yeah, this, I was always on the fence about which system I was getting first. I was leaning towards the Xbox Series X, not for any particular reason, but I think this made me a PlayStation 5, uh, definite at this point uh i gotta see what else they put out by the time i actually am am, am, uh looking to purchase one of these systems but this game looks fantastic again all the roguelike elements and the ever-changing levels and the way the story just builds up it looks like a very interesting it is not a walking simulator at all like people were saying oh i always had a feeling it was going to be like a sci-fi dark souls but no it looks like a third person doom and it is a roguelike and this this or wrote light and this I'm so damn interested. This 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 has game of the year written all over it for me at least. We got to see what else comes out. Then we got a uh, Knockout City. Uh, like I said, with the Nintendo uh, Direct, I don't care. We had an interesting looking uh, Saifu. It was it was called. Featured a hallway fight scene. The action looked pretty good. It's on PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five. 
Um, it, it looked like it might have some roguelike elements. I could be wrong because it showed him get beat and then it shows him getting older Then he tries again and everything's different. Um, yeah, one thing I have to say is, uh, to the team and not like they're listening, but if I could give them one piece of, of, uh, input, it's make the hits sound better. It doesn't, the, the, the hits could change the way a game feels at like how satisfying it is to play the game. It it just sounds like you're hitting like wet dirt. It the, the the hits have no impact and it can completely change the game if you do something as simple as that. Uh I'll keep my eye on this though. What else we got? Uh Solar Ash, which is a three D platform platformer adventure game. Uh it's by made by the same team that made Hyperlight Drifter. Uh which I was really looking forward to and I never actually played. I gotta fix that. Uh, this looks dope. Uh, not as dope as Hyperlight Drifter look look to me, but I'll keep I'll keep an eye on this. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it looks interesting. It looks very fast paced. So um, yeah, you got uh the next game we got Security Breach by uh it's basically a first person Five Nights at Freddy. Um, I never really was into those games. I played one of them once, but. It's, I'll say that this looks the most interesting out of any of the ones I've seen where as you know Five Nights at Freddy you just remain stationary they are nerve wracking I guess but not my game not my game but if I was going to try this I, I did look at the video and I was like that looks interesting at the very least at least they're trying something different uh, next game Oddworld Soulstorm uh, Soul Storm Souls yeah Soulstorm is a PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 game. Um, what uh, It looks like Oddworld. Uh, apparently calling a game, uh, what, what is it, 2.9D? It's not exactly 3D. Is the new 2.5D. I, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous to me. Um, to just label, oh, yeah, it's 2.9D. You know, we have so many, that's like, I, I don't know why, but yeah, they say it changes the way the game is played. Um, I'm just curious on like how well this game is going to do and how is it, is it going to push systems and stuff like that? I'm a fan of Oddworld. I was a fan of Oddworld rather in the PlayStation one era, um, from the first two Oddworld games. Uh, I kind of lost interest with, uh, Munchie's quest. It kind of lost a little bit of its lore. And then the Strangers game was pretty dope, but it was very different. Um, I would like to see them go back to that Stranger character, but we went right back to Abe again. I guess that was more popular. But yeah, we're still making Abe games. Um, I I can't see myself running to go get this, but um, if it's ever on a deep sale, I will definitely make it a point to check it out. Uh, Kenya, 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 Kia. I'm sorry, I'm terrible. Uh, the Bridge of Spirits uh, is uh, looks like an interesting combination of Horizon Zero Dawn and Pikmin. Uh, it's an indie game, a pretty decent sized team though. Uh, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five. That's this game looks interesting. I think that this game is gonna gonna creep up on a lot of people's radars the closer it gets to August. Um, and I think that you will see this game. Hopefully, they get the mechanics right and it feels good to play. Uh, I I saw a lot of different different uh, mechanics inside the game that 
from it, it looked like I said it looks like a lot like Horizon Zero Dawn, and you're controlling these things sort of like in Pikmin as well. Um, I'll I'll check I'll, I might check this out when it comes out. Um, if nothing else is getting my attention, but I know a lot of people are looking forward to this as well, and uh, I I think they have every reason to be looking forward to this. It looks different. Um, so let's see what they do with this game. Then they showed another Deathloop uh, trailer. I'm already invested in this game. I don't need to see the game anymore. But the, again, we're getting to the issue that, uh, it, you know, it's a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Nobody can find these systems at the moment. So, yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I forgot when it was. I don't know if they even mentioned the date that it was coming in out on. But um, it's it looks cool. It looks fun. It has this very dishonored and prey type feel to it where you're just kind of combining gunplay with with special abilities. It looks dope, man. I'm a big fan of Arcane Studios, and I would definitely jump on something like this if I had the system to play it on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it, it does, definitely does look like another winner from Arcane Studios. Um, I, I probably won't talk about this more until I actually play it, but... Yeah, I, I, like my hat's off to Bethesda and Arcane for for this game. It looks good. So then we had the big announcement, and um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can really call this a big announcement. So Final Fantasy VII remake is coming to the PlayStation Five with all the bells and whistles, 4K, 60 frames per second, ray tracing, and it does look significantly better. Um. That's not that's not the problem. I mean, I think I think that that was something we were kind of expecting to happen. Um, the issue is, uh, and and again, this isn't a huge issue, but we're we're gonna mention it. Uh, the Yuffie DLC, it's a uh, Final Fantasy VII Integrate, uh, which is basically you play as Yuffie and another character who looks a lot like Sid, but is not named Sid. Uh, it's a PlayStation Five exclusive, and again, you know for people who can't find the systems a lot of a lot of uh youtubers like uh maximilian and the mighty keith have said that you know it's cool that it you know they're doing it but it's it's like you know people are having a real hard time finding these systems with the scalpers so it's like why you would release this at this point when it's unless unless you you're planning to uh open the floodgates come june which i don't see happening because I have, I don't know anyone who's gotten one in the last couple months. I know people who have gotten it, but not in the last couple months. And um, yeah, it just it's I don't know, man. I said it. I said it during the uh, the last video game podcast I did. It's like when when Blizzard is announcing a uh, Diablo two, the the remake to play on last gen because it's not a good idea to release your brand new game on a system nobody can get their hands on at the moment. And and here's another interesting thing. I think in June, finally, uh, they're allowing the PlayStation 5 to uh, use external uh, storage, which is uh, <laughs> about time. Uh, for, I, I don't know, man. It's like I'm, I don't have these systems, and I feel like they should have delayed them just a little bit. You know, when, when simple things like this aren't out from the gate it really makes me wonder why they pushed them out and i know why they pushed them out before the end of the year but um 
Yeah, it's it's just, and I'm not the only one who feels this way. And it's not because I don't have one. I don't necessarily need one at the moment. Uh, there's other things going on <laughs> for me to buy a next gen, uh, a next gen system, or a current gen system if you want to call it that. But um, there's just there's just too much right now, and and for these things not to be functioning at full capacity, it just seems like. It, unless you're a content creator or a streamer or something like that, I, I really have a hard time. I would have a hard time justifying these purchases to people. Even at this point, um, what has really come out for these systems that is either, you know, huge or I don't know, man. It was like, what you, you had the Dark uh, Demon Souls remake. I mean, it's a good game. It is a good game. Can I do, you know, should I justify the purchase of a $400, $500 system for it? I, I don't know about all that. And Xbox, they're in an even worse position. <laughs> they're, they, they really have nothing worth getting their system for. I mean, it makes older games run really great, That I'm pretty sure, but there's nothing for that system at this point. As exclusives go, that that I would justify a uh, Three hundred to five hundred dollar price tag for it, nah. So you know, like if you don't have one yet, just stand, stand by, just wait. You know, like wait for them to get these these things ironed out, all the issues ironed out, for them to function at full capacity with with allowing external hard drives to be plugged into it, stuff like that. You know, is just. I don't know. It's, it, it, those systems should come out the box like with those working. I'm not even going to talk about the lack of games, but something like, hey, we're going to finally turn on our external uh, ports on our systems that are seven months old. Yeah, not not a great look. Anyway, uh, moving on to the uh, some Nintendo news, or rather Pokemon news. Uh, we had a the 25th anniversary of Pokemon that this past week. And uh, we had some big news. Yeah, we had some big news. Yo, Post Malone is a Pokemon. And Pokemon fucking love his music. I mean, like, you should have seen the way, you know, Celery came out. And that's a rare Pokemon. He came out to hear Post Malone. You know, like, all the legendary Pokemon came out to see Post Malone perform. That was crazy to see Fortnite Post Malone perform some of his greatest hits. And he even performed I Only Want to Be With You by uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. And Charizard let him live. That's amazing. Big news. Anyway, <laughs> we got uh, Pokemon Snap, the new one, new Pokemon Snap coming out. And I think it's coming out in April. Um... I, I remember playing the original for the N64. Not a, not a full price game. I hope that they do something to uh, make this game seem longer, or at least add extra stuff to it. That I mean, I remember the Pokemon game, uh, Pokemon Snap game for N64 could be completed within an hour. Not taking a picture of every single Pokemon. If you go back and you try to get a gold star for every single Pokemon in the game, then yeah, then maybe at that point it would be worth it. But uh, it was not a full price game in my opinion. I'm, and I'm hoping that they fix that for this new one. I'll be waiting to see what they do with it. Um, the We also had the remake for Diamond and Pearl. 
that has been called Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Uh, it people, yeah, I saw this on Twitter and I died. It's like nobody hates Pokemon as much as Pokemon fans. I mean, people have been clamoring and asking for this remake, and then they make it, and people are complaining that this they don't like the art style, but it looks exactly like the old one that came out. It's just up slightly upgraded graphics. Um, yeah, so like I don't know why people are so angry about it. It looks like that Legend of Zelda game, um, the uh, the the Game Boy Advanced one. Oh man, I can't remember the name. Yeah, the 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 one with the windfish. Um, uh, yeah, it looks like the remake of of that one. So that that I, I can't see why. Like you know, as a Zelda fan, when I saw them remaking the Game Boy Color one, I was happy when I saw that. I was like, ah, that's a don't move. I I love this. This is good. And they changed a couple of things, and I'm pretty sure they're gonna change a couple of things in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. But people are very upset about this, about them remaking exactly what they asked for and angry that it looks better than the original game but not like sword and shield i don't know anyway um i i don't i don't think I'll, i don't see myself really getting that game um it's it's it looks it's it's if you're a pokemon fan that's great i i mean i i was a pokemon fan at one point um but i don't i don't get every single entry uh yeah just just not and uh, Sword and Shield burnt me, man. <laughs> this hand holding, that that shit really upset me. How easy it was, and how it held my hand. Even to even getting the legendaries was pretty damn easy. And yeah, I never played the DLC or anything like that. So the one thing that did kind of catch my attention was Pokemon Legends Arceus, I think it is, which is coming out in 2022. Now, this seems to be exactly what the people were asking for from Sword and Shield. It is an open-world Pokemon game. It looks like Breath of the Wild. Uh, from the things I've seen from it, it looked pretty damn good. The frame rate was a little choppy, but this game's over a year away. So I think that we can uh, give them some time to iron out the frame rate issues. But, yeah, man, it, it looks like an open world Pokemon game. Like you're actually going around and, 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 uh, hunting them like, yeah, hunting them with a sniper rifle and everything. Like you're studying their habits and the, in their environment and stuff like that. Uh, very cool, man. I, I'm down to see what else they show with this game. Nintendo looks like, I mean, breath of the wild, in my opinion, was a masterpiece. And if you can combine those elements with the Pokemon game, you definitely have a winner and something that I'm looking forward to. I, <laughs> yeah, I saw the trailer and I was like, this is crazy. Uh, this is so dope. Uh, and it, it, it uh, takes place in the past. It's kind of a prequel. I think it, it predates every single Pokemon game. Um, it's before towns were everywhere. So it's going to leave a lot to explore. And man, if they do this right, and they have a, a large, I'm not asking for every single Pokemon in, in the game, but if they have more than like, I want to say, let's say if they have 50 to 75% of the entire number and have events or DLC that just open things up and bring the other, the, the other 25 to 50% into the game. I think that they have something special here. 
Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait to see how this unfolds and how they uh, plan to to follow this up, man. I'm definitely that was the most interesting um, announcement made in that show. So I'm I'm definitely I want to see more. I want to see more. Yeah, but that was pretty much it. That was everything that we got from those uh, shows. So with that, uh, that's my end of the show for this weekend. Well, this week probably. I will be back next week with the WandaVision finale. This is uh, big, man. I've been waiting for this. There's going to be a lot to talk about. I'm trying to line up my guest. And if I can get who I want to get, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, yeah, man. Really looking forward to this finale. But anyways... Thank you for listening to On The Digital Soapbox with Soapbox J. Y'all be safe out there. And if you aren't standing on a soapbox, then what are you standing for? Peace.